Welcome to Insights on Responsible Business, a podcast about organizations building trust, security, and resilience to thrive in a new era of uncertainty and stakeholder capitalism. Listen to business leaders discuss their challenges and experiences in becoming more responsible businesses towards an outcome that is better for all stakeholders, better for the long-term shareholder value, and better for society as a whole. Our host is Sir Rob Wainwright, formerly head of Europol with experience coordinating global operations against cyber, criminal, and terrorist networks, and now a senior partner of Deloitte. Our guest today is Jaco Mina, Managing Director and Chair of the Board for Triodos Investment Management. Jaco has been working with Triodos for over 13 years, and prior to leading the organization, Jaco was Director of Energy and Climate and Fund Manager of Triodos Fair Share Fund. Before joining Triodos, he worked on financial market development in the Mekong region of Southeast Asia. Overall, 20 years of experience in the financial industry. What's unique about Triodos Investment Management is that the firm believes the true purpose of investing is to serve the real needs of society. For more than 30 years, they've offered impact investment solutions that connect investors who want to make money work for positive change with innovative entrepreneurs and sustainable businesses doing just that. Throughout the years, the organization has built up in-depth knowledge in sectors such as energy and climate, inclusive finance, and sustainable food and agriculture in both private and public markets. As per the end of 2019, Triodos managed 4.9 billion euros in assets under management. The profitability of these assets are of course affected by swings in the global economy. And we're now in an unprecedented economic downturn. Given the dire economic situation the COVID pandemic has catalyzed, when looking at the recovery, what type of new normal are we trying to build? Jaco Minar believes we need to bounce forward and not back. What does that mean? And what role can impact investing play in this? Rob and Jaco are here to explore this. Over to you guys. Thank you, Rodney, and welcome back, listeners, and welcome to you, Yako. It's wonderful to have you here today in this episode of our podcast. You know, I was really struck by that line from Rodney's introduction, that your company believes the true purpose of investing is to serve the real needs of society. Well, what a thought-provoking, very strong statement that is, not least because maybe in the minds of most people, investment management is normally seen as some kind of profit-making machine, I guess. The two are not incompatible, I suppose. And that's something that we will be, of course, getting into today in, in our discussion. But first, Jaco, tell me a little bit more about your company. I'm curious about where it came from and how you've acquired this this business philosophy. Yeah, Rob, thank you very much for having me. Um, if we if we look at Triodos uh, Bank and Triodos Investment Management, we actually started way back in 1980, uh, 40 years ago today. Um, and it all started with four founders who uh, had had their own careers in finance and legal, um, uh, but who, who, who noticed 
that the financial sector really was about financial returns, even though the decisions that bankers and investors make shape what happens in the real economy. And they said we should turn it around. You know, people should make decisions on the basis of what they want to see happening and what they don't want to see happening. And then the financial return, it becomes an, another outcome, but in itself is not the only goal. Um, so basically, Triodos uh, Investment Management was set up as a company that strives, that is 100% commercial uh, in terms of who is backing us with their investment money, with their deposits, and who are our shareholders. But it also goes for 100% impact. It is interesting, you know, because um, in the minds of many in business, maybe, the idea of being 100% commercial at the same time as being 100% going for societal impact Maybe there's a conflict there. I mean, I mean, is is it really the case that you found that you can be both, that you can be very successful in a commercial sense while still tra- staying really true to the idea of what put what you put first is is the need to to help society? Yeah, I mean, this has been a debate for some time, um, and I think what we can see, and there's a growing body of evidence that supports that, uh, including that is our own track record, is that it depends on your your time horizon. Uh, on the very short run, uh, you can make a profit while you are damaging some of these uh, other things and get away with it. But very long run, uh, we see that impact, risk, return uh, go hand in hand. Yes, it's really interesting. So you're saying, I mean, you have almost now five billion under assets. Um, how are you doing in the market? You know, with this with this approach, are you holding your own, own, or maybe are you even outperforming? What is that? If this kind of approach, which isn't, um, you know, such a typical approach, in the end, in terms of your returns, what does it look like? Well, two things, Rob. First, if we look at how investors are thinking about this, is that we can see that last year we grew from 4.2 to 4.9 billion euros. So we see that more and more investors, and this is also a trend in the broader market, are putting their money behind these type of uh, propositions. Now, if we look at uh, both longer term, as well as in the COVID crisis, how our investments are holding, then we see that they are holding up very well in terms of risk return. Um, We've done uh, some, some actual independent, we've commissioned some independent research which showed that our investments in itself have a good risk return, but that they also provide diversification to an already well-diverse portfolio, meaning that some of our investments um, move much less in the same direction if the markets move and sometimes even in the opposite direction. So what we see is that investors are noticing that one, often they also would like to have a positive impact. They're just worried that it will be at the cost of their financial return and how that relates to their duties. Um, But when they see that from a risk return point of view, it also makes sense, um, they will start uh, allocating more assets to it. And and they're allocating those assets. What have you seen in the last year or two? We'll come on maybe in in a few minutes to talk about COVID. But I mean, the business trends for the last couple of years, what sort of investments are you making, I guess, in the sustainability agenda and so on? But where, where, where where are you hitting the sweet spot, I guess? 
Um, well, let, let's let's indeed first look at what's happening in the asset manage, management industry as a whole. Eh? What we are seeing, and this has been going on for the last couple of years, is that more and more assets are allocated to passive investments, which are very low cost. So that is, but there's a bit of a watershed because at the same time, all the way on the other side of the spectrum, uh, we basically see more specialized players, including the impact investors, that can still distinguish themselves from what is basically stuck in the middle. Eh? So we are seeing that the specialized players can also still grow. And we are an example uh, of that. Um, and we focus on the three transitions that we think are, are most important, uh, which are investments in social and financial inclusion, which basically try to tackle the inequality in the world, try to, to include people that were previously excluded. We focus on the energy transition, um, which is about CO2 reduction and contributing to the Paris uh, Agreement. And we focus on food and agriculture because we think that the way we use our soil uh, and its scarce resource is critical uh, in how we actually manage uh, the world going forward. I mean, those are, those are three huge buckets, Jaco, aren't they? I mean, huge in terms of how important they are in society and, and, and indeed to, I guess, the plight of, of, of the world right now. Um, are you seeing over that time horizon uh, of the last couple of years, maybe, that there are more and more investment opportunities? Does that maybe show that, that indeed the wider business environment is indeed getting more serious around these topics? Yes, um, I think that's correct, Rob. Um, I mean, we do see there are more opportunities. And what we also see, uh, again, if we look at the asset management industry, um, most of the assets today still uh, receive no screening. And so mainstream is still almost no screening. Um, then there are more and more parties who at least apply some negative screening. Uh, they may not invest in certain categories like tobacco, etc. Um, but more and more, we see that parties are starting to really integrate ESG, first only from uh, a risk management perspective, but then also more from a positive impact perspective. Uh, and so we see some positive screening choices coming up. And then if you see that as a, as, as a range, then all the way at the end of that range is full on impact uh, investing. And what we have seen and which is actually happening and probably still going faster and faster is that assets are moving along that range from unscreened up the buckets. Yeah, this podcast series, as you know, Yako, is about responsible business. And, you know, I've, I've spoken to many leaders now like you, and, and you know, I'm getting a, a strong sense that, you know, being responsible means, you know, doing the right thing maybe for society, but actually increasingly it's the smart thing to do as, as, as on, on a business platform. That's my sense. I mean, I guess I'm hearing from you the same. Um, as you pan out to broader industry, would that be your message to to other business leaders in other sectors? You know, to to take this more seriously. What would you say to them? Yes, the answer is yes. That's what I would say to them. Um, I, I I wouldn't say that it is always a very easy choice. We do sometimes face some dilemmas yeah, because you have to start thinking thinking much more longer term, and the system and how we've built it often. Uh, doesn't facilitate that enough. So if you are uh, the leader of a, of a listed company uh, and you have to report quarterly, uh, that does bring a certain short-term focus uh, in what you do. Um, but we do see that more and more uh, companies are moving uh, towards more longer-term thinking. And you also see that it makes strategic sense. Uh, and the COVID crisis, I think, shows that those companies generally were better managed and better uh, equipped to um, to now deal uh, with the crisis, so that in itself uh, can be a stimulus. I have to say, listening to you, you know, you have, you have a great sense of personal commitment around this this Yako. I just wonder, 
you know, where, where that's come from in, in your case, I mean, your life story. How did you, you go down this track? What is driving you? I guess I'm interested in. Yeah, I think I think Rob, it 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 all started when I was re- still very young, and and you probably also remember that we used to see images of uh, of 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 Ethiopia, Ethiopia and famine, um, and that I had this image of 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 people living in Africa and other developing countries who were sort of victims. Um, and then when I started traveling, uh, the first thing I realized is that I didn't meet any victims. I, I met very entrepreneurial pe- people who were living in an environment where there were just many more obstacles. So basically, that sort of inspired me to work on removing some of those obstacles. Um, and way back in um, in 2000, uh, I had the opportunity to to follow my wife to Cambodia, where she started the job for the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights. Um, and I then landed a job with the IFC, the International Finance, the International Finance Corporation, um, and 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 there I was able to work on economic and financial sector development uh, myself, eh, which is one of those big obstacles. If you don't have uh, a bank, if you cannot deposit, if you uh, cannot get a loan, eh, if you cannot get get insured, it is much more difficult to grow your uh, your business, um, and that's that's very satisfying, and that's why I'm still in that uh, type of job today. Yeah, that's great. And you talked about financial inclusion. You know, it's a, it's a big issue in the, in the finance sector. I've spoken to many, many finance leaders about that. I mean, your, your, your story, I think, is, is great to hear, Yako. Um, it's given you, I guess, a certain, you know, global wide view. Uh, you talked about Ethiopia, Cambodia, and so on. And here you are now back in Europe. Um, so when you look at COVID and you see that impact on society, I'm really interested in what lessons you're, you're seeing first, firstly, in terms of what's happening on, on investment management, maybe, but, but also in terms of the broader business impact and what, and your views on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think we have to realize that uh, the COVID-19 crisis is quite different from uh, the global financial crisis that we had in 2008, uh, because that was a crisis that really started in the financial sector, uh, where some parts of the sector had engaged in structuring what became very toxic assets um, that then brought down uh, the economy, basically. So it came from that side. And nowadays, I think that's different. One, the COVID crisis hits us all. Uh, It hits pretty much every human being around the globe almost every company, almost every country is in, uh, in, 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 in some form of lockdown um, and health systems are, uh, are stretched. Um, so, so we should talk about that a little bit more. But first, I think what happened immediately after we went into lockdown is we all had to work from home. And I'm extremely proud of how we were able to uh, handle that as a, as a company and how everybody uh, was much was really resilient in terms of how they were uh, dealing with their jobs in uh, in much changed circumstances and um and that has worked out quite well so quite quickly uh, we were then able to shift to where our focus really should be uh, which is managing our investments and managing the relations with our clients the uh, the investors and and in terms of of how your your business has, has has responded. I mean, has it has it been tough for you to sustain this this idea of being hundred percent committed on, on on both parts of your goals? Are you still getting the kind of returns, or have you really taken the hit because of what's happening? Well, um, we 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 are certainly able to sustain, um, but we have also taken some hit because, as I said, this crisis is really. Uh, uh, going through the real economy. So it's hitting everybody. But we have seen uh, that we have basically two sides of our business. Uh, one, 
on the one hand, we are investing through the stock exchange. There we have seen that we've outperformed the indices. Uh, and that what I already said eh, is that I think in general, the choices we made in terms of sectors, individual companies, more robust, more longer term managed companies, that has held up uh, because we've seen the outperformance there. On the private debt and private equity side, by and large, um, I believe that um, the jury is still out. But it, it looks now that we will also uh, still, you know, compare favorably to uh, to some of the others. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a, a downturn, obviously, in the economic cycle. Um, I, I guess the jury is also out in terms of whether or not this is just another, you know, cyclical trend. Uh, I just wondered, are you seeing? Do you think that there will be long term sustainable changes to you know our economic model or or, or indeed the economy going forward? Well, I, I, th I think this is where, where you sort of you have two types of futures. Eh? You have what the French call l'avenir. That is what is going to happen for real. And then you have sort of uh, the possible future. Uh, and if we talk about a possible future here, then I think it would be a shame if we waste this, uh, this crisis. Now, I don't think that will go all by itself. Eh? I don't think some people are very optimistic and think that we will now all set, sort of get new insights and then automatically change all our, our, our the way we do things. It's not going to be like that. But I think if we really look at what is causing this crisis, then there are really some issues with how we systemically have organized ourselves. We see that we are not aligned with nature. If you look at how this virus was able to, uh, to, to spread, we see that probably inequality both between countries and within countries is going to go up. And we see that we are basically running uh, an economy that um, has very low buffers so that when we do get uh, into this type of situation, we get a problem. So my possible future that I think is really possible and that we should all go for is that we go from fossil to renewable, from meat-based to plant-based, from a more extracting type of uh, industry to more regenerative industry, um, that we don't only look at efficient markets, but we look at where can we have shorter supply chains that are sort of sufficient so that they are more robust. Um, so there are many things, I think, Rob, that, uh, that we should change. And many of them will change, but it's still hard work. Still hard work, but I guess, Jakob, a captivating image of, of how the future uh, could look like. And it's a great way to end our, our, our short discussion today, Yako. Thank you very much um, for being uh, such an engaging guest to talk today about your world of investment management and indeed um, how, how Responsible Business runs through that. So the world of investment management, it's always taken its place, as we know, at the sharp end of banking and high finance, where careers are made and broken and where huge corporate profits are often at stake. So it wouldn't seem to be the natural place to run on a platform of sustainability and creating social impact. But even in this corner of the economy, the strategic concept of responsible business is starting to take hold through companies like Triodos Investment Management. It takes inspirational leadership of the type we've heard today, but also a vision that rejects this choice between being either commercial or driven by a desire to change society for the better. Both are possible in today's business world. COVID-19, as we've been hearing, will reset the global economy in many ways, and investors around the world will be at the front end of making that happen. Most will recognize, perhaps, a serious change in business sentiment over the last three months, and many, perhaps, will draw on that to drive long-term growth in the future around a more prominent agenda, 
of responsible business. Thanks for listening to another episode of Insights on Responsible Business. Hope you enjoyed it and that you'll tune in to our next episode. Review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, or whatever popular podcast app you're using, and find out more on Deloitte.nl. We'll see you in our next episode.